Light That Sparkfire Nation, JLD here, and this is an audio masterclass of rocking the world of SEO. My friends, you've heard the word before. You probably know a little bit about it. Maybe some of you know a lot about it. I know a lot of us know almost none about it. This episode by Rebecca Gill is absolutely on fire. She is going to drop value bomb after value bomb about how you can rock the world of SEO. And this is not rocket science, Fire Nation. This is something that you can implement in your business today and make massive changes and improvements in what you have going on when people go to Google and type keywords relevant to your business. Now, who is Rebecca? Well, she has a well-rounded business background and over 20 years of experience in both sales and online marketing. And in addition to running the day-to-day activities of web-savvy marketing, she also provides full-service SEO consulting, one-on-one SEO coaching, publishes online SEO courses, hosts a week SEO podcast and teaches on-site SEO boot camps. She loves to teach the latest SEO strategies and help businesses grow their online footprints. And before we dive in, let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. So why do a vast majority of businesses fail within the first five years? If you were to ask me or my friend Billie Jean, we'd both tell you the same thing. It's because they can't figure out how to get more customers. Ditch the fear you have around paid advertising and learn how to finally make it work for you. Billie Jean has a completely free training that will teach you exactly how to use paid ads to get more customers in any niche. Visit watchbilliesvideo.com to access his free training today. Watch Billy's Video. Dot com. Rebecca, say what's up to Fire Nation and share one thing about yourself that we'll find unique and interesting. Well, hello, Fire Nation. I'm excited to be here. I would tell you the unique thing about me currently is the fact that I am a city girl, soon to be farm girl. And given the fact that I can't tell the difference between a weed and a flower, <laughs> that makes it an interesting transition. Where are you moving from and where are you moving to? I am moving from Metro Detroit inside Michigan up to Northern Michigan. We bought 27 acres and I'm going to learn how to birth cows and uh, shear alpacas. <laughs> I think you need those alpacas, at least their fur, because uh, all I think of is burr when I think of Northern Michigan. Is that right? It is. It is very accurate. Yes. <laughs> Being a Mainer, I can say that uh, with complete sympathy and understanding. So Fire Nation, we're going to be killing this masterclass today in a good way. We're going to be talking about the world of SEO, but specifically, Rebecca is going to be rocking the world of SEO. And this is something that a lot of us struggle with. I mean, here I am almost six years into my business, and it's still one of the main things that I have my CTO working on. SEO this, you know, ranking that, you know, Google Analytics, you know, all these different things. You just have to stay on top of your game because when it comes down to it, people go to Google and they type in questions. And when they're typing in questions that you have the answer to and that you should be answering because it will help you in your business, you better be on that first page. You better be one of those first four or five results. Otherwise, you're just not relevant. So Rebecca, with that being said, what exactly is SEO? So SEO is short for search engine optimization, and it's basically helping the search engines 
best present your content to people who come to like Google or Bing and search for things. And for as long as people will have questions and use the internet, SEO will be in existence and it will be important. Absolutely. It's just the reality, Fire Nation. So why is SEO critical to entrepreneurs specifically? Like give some examples and some reasons why. You know, one of the biggest reasons is because, um, SEO is something that entrepreneurs can do themselves. It's something that they can learn. And I know there's a lot of SEO consultants out there will, that will tell you just the opposite, but I completely disagree with that. I'm self-taught. And it, so SEO is something that entrepreneurs can do themselves. They can continue to grow it. And it's not something that is going to be limiting of their time where if you're trying to do referrals and build your your in-person networking, you only have so many hours in the day. But once you actually build up your SEO and you have it going, that lives on and it can live on for a decade or 15 years. You know, you can continue to rank with existing content. And that is super powerful. The other thing I love about it is when you do SEO right, your prospects, your clients are coming to you and they are already self-qualified. So you're not having this huge pool of people that you are trying to, you know, sift through and get cold leads to warm leads. They're already warm leads coming in because they've already selected the right keyword phrases that match up specifically to you and what you offer. And Fire Nation, I want to just give you a personal story and a personal example of why this is so important and how it can kind of come out of nowhere and be surprising, sometimes in a good way. Like I was a few months ago looking over one of my SEO reports and I'm like looking at the page that was what I ranked number one for. And one of them was Libsyn promo codes. Now, my company's not Libsyn. Libsyn's an, an audio host, is a, um, sorry, a podcast hosting media company where they will host your podcast MB3 files. And I've been using them since I launched. So like, I'm a user of Libsyn. And because of that, I'm an affiliate of Libsyn. So I can vaguely remember like three or four years ago, Rob Walsh coming to me and saying, John, um, I know you have this promo code, which is fire for uh, anybody out there, you know, for Libsyn. You have this promo code that we gave you, which gives people the rest of the current month and all of the next month completely for free. But the problem is a lot of people think it's two months for free instead of just the rest of the current month and all of next month. So can you just write a quick little like note to your to everybody that when they subscribe to to through this that they actually that's the process and say, so, you know what, I'm just gonna create a quick little uh, post, a little page where I just am gonna call lips and promo code and I'm just gonna describe exactly what it is the rest of this month and all of next month. And I'm telling you, Rebecca, this post was probably four sentences, maybe three sentences. I mean, it was short, it was sweet, and it said, Hey, if you're using promo code fire on Lipson, like this is what the actual thing is. And I forgot about that post. And I still haven't thought about it that day. But I will say that every month I would be surprised that I would get these thousands of dollars of, of, of affiliate revenue from Lipson. I'm like, why? This, I, I know that I recommend a lot of people to Lipson, but this is a lot of money. And that is the reason because so many people are going searching in Lips and in Google Libsyn promo code and they're finding that page I wrote a few years ago in haste and that's bringing me thousands of dollars a month now. And think about this. The reason you're probably ranking in Google is because Google knows you're all about podcasts. You're like the superstar of podcasting. <laughs> and now compare that to Blibson and the fact that that is podcasting software. You just go together like peanut butter and jelly. And so therefore Google wants to, you know, potentially rank you for things associated with that because you're a good fit. Fire Nation, I mean, this is just the example with, with what Rebecca's sharing and then with that story that I just shared of why you need to be studying your reports, your SEO reports, your Google Analytics. And it sounds like it might be hard to do, or, but no, it's not rocket science. It's just there. Like that report just said, like 
key terms that you rank number one for on Google. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's a weird one. And wow, that's getting 964 direct hits per month. Like, let me look into this. And like, that just brought me to that reality. So what did I do? I went and I made that a lot more of an impressive post now. And, you know, to ensure that it stays at that number one ranking and that people stay on that page and get the value that they want. So with that being said, Rebecca, how does SEO fit with an overall brand in most cases? It's part of your brand building. It's part of the way that you present yourself online. We know that, you know, everybody virtually goes online, whether to find things or to vet somebody, right? And to check them out, someone that they've already heard about. Now you can not do SEO and leave your online profile up to whatever Google would like or whatever your competitors would like to morph you into, or you can learn SEO and you can control your personal brand and control what's on page one of Google when someone searches for you, your company, or those things that you offer. I'm a big proponent of controlling your online destiny and SEO lets you do that both now and into the future. Let's talk about the right questions to excel at SEO. Like how can you ask the right questions to make sure that you're doing the right things when it comes to your brand, your business, your overall personal authority within SEO? So a lot of times when people think about SEO, they think about maybe a plugin for WordPress. You know, Yoast is one of my favorites. You know, that's where their mind jumps to. But that's, you know, at the very end of the process. The beginning of SEO and the right way to really do SEO is to start with questions. And you're not just asking questions about what do you create? You know, like, do you create podcasts or courses? Or, you know, do you have some great new purse that you're manufacturing? That's only a little piece of it. You want to start by asking, you know, yourself, who do you serve? You know, who specifically are you serving? Who is your target market? What makes them unique? What are their challenges? What are their pain points? What do they struggle with? You know, what do they need assistance with? Then you start looking at yourself and you start asking the questions about you and, you know, what do you do and what do you offer and what sets you apart and how can your services or products or the things that you produce match up to your target market and the things that they're struggling with. And it's the blending of those two worlds that create uh, just a really uh, cohesive and and um, tightly weaving um, approach to SEO, which is where a lot of people fall down. They don't start with those questions and they just start writing content and then throw a plugin in and try to, you know, throw some keywords in. And that's, you know, that's, that's you're, you're setting yourself for failure because you can't just take a snowball of keywords and throw it at your website and hope something sticks. You really have to have some planning and strategy to it. And when you start with those questions and you take a step back, it creates a strategy for you that's very closely tied to, you know, what you offer and who that your offering is going to be a really good fit for. And that's when you start succeeding because what you're doing is you're creating a very positive user experience for those visitors for Google and Bing. And that's what Google and Bing want. They want to create a positive user experience for their consumers and their customers. And you're helping them do that. And that's why those questions are critical because the output of that investigation, that brainstorming that you do really starts um, to set the pace for what you're going to do forward with keyword research and, and mapping those keywords to content and building up a good content library and then promoting it. But all of that comes after you really focus on your target market and you start asking those questions. 
Now, I've heard you mention Bing a few times. Is Bing relevant? It is. I mean, it's not as relevant as Google. You have Google, which is clearly the biggest search engine. You have YouTube, which is the next biggest search engine outside of Google. And then we've got Bing limping along behind it. But (laughs) traffic still does come from Bing. Um, You know, Bing still matters because you don't want to limit that traffic and, you know, and exclude that traffic. So I don't typically optimize for Bing. I optimize for Google. And by default, I get traffic in for Bing. But the reason I can serve both is because I stay focused on that user experience and making sure that I'm serving them and, you know, creating solutions for them. And that's what the search engines want and need. SEO has come such a long way. I mean, I can remember back when I was, I think it was a junior in high school, and I had a buddy who was a year older than me that he was so into, um, he was so into computers, so into like the online world. And he's actually the guy that ended up creating the whole Rate My network, which was like Rate My Professor, Rate My Teacher. And so he did some really cool things in the world. But I remember when he was showing me SEO back then, this is like in the late 90s, like you could just put the word podcast like a million times on a page. And, and <laughs> And the word would be white, and then you would make the background white, so you couldn't see the word podcast at all. It was just a plain white background. Then you would like write over it with like whatever copy you would have. But then, like you know, the back in the day, it was uh, what even was it? Alta Vista and yes. InfoSeek or whatever it was. Yeah. Like they literally would crawl an article, and how many times that word was mentioned was like the the only thing that was like relevant. So that since I had podcasting, you know, 10,000 times on this page, even though you couldn't see it one time, that would be the first result. And so now you've gone from there all the way to here where you have to actually be smart and strategic and really do what's right. And what's right is answering the questions the best for the person asking that question. So I want to give a couple of practical examples, Rebecca. And then while I'm sharing these, maybe you can, you can come up with a couple more that could really help our listeners. So for me, like when I'm trying to think of articles that I want to write for like podcasting that can maybe rank pretty highly SEO wise, I'll go to Quora, which is a, uh, great place to ask to get or ask questions and get answers and do both and I'll just type in the search bar of Quora that's just Q U O R A quora.com and I will just type podcasting and I'll see what questions people are asking you know recent questions that people are asking how many comments have it and how many views have those questions and I'll start to see questions that really are meaningful and are popular with people in the podcasting world and then guess what I'll do I'll take that exact question and I'll write an actual post with that as a title so you know how do I get podcast sponsorships? And so now I have the number one ranked uh, post in Google when you type podcast sponsorship. That's a huge key term. And when people go there, now they go, my number one result is right there and they go to it and they sign up for my free podcast course. They attend my webinars. They join Podcasters Paradise, all because I took the time to go to a place like Quora, find out what questions people are asking, and then I answer the questions um, on my own website. And then by the way, I'll go back to Quora and I'll say, hey, this is a great question. Here's a here's a very good answer for you, but I have a, a you know a five thousand word post if you want to learn more here, eofire.com slash sponsorships. And I'll be able to drive people back there. So then when anybody now in the future goes and and reads that answer, they'll also be able to go to that link and get back to my page as well. So there's things you can do like that. Another thing I like doing is just going to Google.com and typing in um, 
I have a question on podcasting and what like Google will do is it will fill in words after when you're typing because it's going to try to auto finish your sentence for you. And what that is really doing is Google's telling you what most people are finishing that beginning of the sentence with. And so you can start to say, oh my God, so if a lot of people are ending it with, you know, I want my podcast to be turned into a video, then like you can maybe do a post on that very thing. So those are just a couple practical things. Rebecca, do you have any for us? I do. So, so KW Finder, which is software that I just love and use all the time, it will actually go and pull those Google autocompletes for you and give you a whole list of them along with search volumes and things like that right in the list. So that's, a, that's always the tool that I use for keyword research. That's one of them. Um, I also love SEMrush, which is a fabulous tool that allows you to data mine your co- competition and see everything that they're already ranking for. And then you can also see alternate variations of it and see different competition that you have matching keywords with. So it's just, you know, you have in your head who's your competition. SEM Rush will go a step further and give you people you didn't even think of. And it's really doing a, a matchup of what you both are talking about. So, and that's, you can get thousands and thousands of keyword ideas just from that to really help you kind of narrow in. And then one more is answer the public. That's another one where you can just see all these different variations of questions regardless of what the topic is. And, you know, one thing I've learned in SEO over the last 15 years is what you think people might search for and what they actually search for <laughs> are two completely different things. The general public is very unique and, and interesting and sometimes really weird. So you just, you know, the research can open your eyes to things you didn't even know existed. Do you have an example that comes top of mind on something like that? Oh, my gosh. So this is kind of a funny one. I had a <laughs> client who um, sold public restroom stalls like the equipment in the public restrooms and they didn't prepare me. So I went in and started doing keyword research and I came back from them. And for me, most of my clients are international. They were actually local. So I got to go into the office with them and I sat down in front of them and I said, y'all should have told me. And they said, we should have told you what? And I said, people have a lot of fetishes and fears when it comes to public restrooms. <laughs> I said, I saw that in the keyword research and they just all died laughing. They're like, yeah, we didn't want to tell you that beforehand. We thought you wouldn't do it then. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rebecca, you threw a y'all in there. I thought you were from Detroit. What's the deal? I, I am from Detroit, but I have two sisters who moved to Georgia probably 20 years ago and have stayed in the South ever since. And they've got me to say you all as opposed to you guys, because <laughs> in Michigan, we say you guys, and that doesn't translate well to certain people. <laughs> it doesn't. And I'm the same way. Maine is you guys, this, you guys, that. So yes. I, I really got to hold myself, uh, try to think about that as well. But I want to get back to K-word, uh, sorry, KW Finder real quick. So you yes. use that for your Google autocompletes, but then what do you do with the results? So my SEO process that I go through with keyword research is, you know, I start with those questions and then I use those questions to create a seed list. You know, what kind of keyword phrases could be spun off from those types of questions that, that we were answering? And then I use like SEM Rush to get additional lists of keyword phrases that are potentials. Um, and then I can create my own manual variations and I pull all of that together into a large seed list. And then I take that seed list and I get the volumes from KW Finder, which will give me monthly search volumes. It'll give me how difficult this this individual keyword phrase is for competition. And then I can see things like um, pay-per-click amounts to see if there's a really high paying pay-per-click amount that might grab my attention. Because that a lot of times that shows you it's a good converting phrase. 
Um, so then I take all of those and I start to narrow that list down based on what, you know, really, truly, what is the relevance to my comp- to my, to my um, target market and what I offer. And I whittle that list down till I get whatever the amount is. It could be five keyword phrases. It could be 100 if we're, you know, going to do a brand new website. could be 200. And then we've got this really list of very focused keyword phrases. And from that, then we start matching that up to existing content and future content. So it is a process, um, you know, that you're going through, but it becomes a very powerful process because instead of you just making assumptions or guessing, you have tangible data that it's completely matched up to what you do and who you serve and you can make really good decisions. And that's when SEO becomes very powerful and very successful. So Fire Nation, to recap, uh, the couple that I gave was Quora to go there for questions and answers just to learn the type of questions that people are asking and maybe you can provide the answers, you know, hopefully after you've gone and created that, you know, incredibly valuable long form blog post on your site and point back to that and then long tail typing in Google to find what Google completes are actually happening. And then Rebecca shared KW Finder, SEM Rush answer the public. All cool stuff. And if you think the value bombs have been dropped so far, Fire Nation, just wait for when we get back from thanking our sponsor. All right, Fire Nation. So I have Billy Jean on the mic for this incredible sponsorship read. And Billy, I think you have a question for me. You've interviewed thousands of entrepreneurs, some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, most influential entrepreneurs in the world. But on the flip side of that, what's the stat? Like 90, 95% of businesses fail within the five, first five years. Yeah. And my question to you is why? What is that one thing that literally 95 out of 100 people are not understanding? Billy, they don't keep generating revenue. They don't keep bringing in customers and clients and they can't keep the lights on, period. It breaks my heart. And you know what it is, is I think too many businesses that literally believe that waiting on referrals is a way to run a consistent, predictable, and stable business, and it's virtually costing everybody everything. Literally, people take pride in the fact that they don't advertise. Like, oh, my whole business is organic and referrals. I would never pay for advertisements. And it's the most ignorant and arrogant standpoint that I see people take that's killing them. And so right now we have these tools available in 2018, 19, where Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, you can get in front of your ideal customer for one cent, three cents for a view. And people are afraid to take advantage of those opportunities because they don't understand one thing, how to get an ROI on their ads. There's no shortage of customers. There's just a short of, of businesses who understand how to turn clicks into customers. And that's what I want to teach them, John. Yes. Stop going out of business. There's no reason. Like right now, if the only thing that's stopping you from growing your business is just getting more customers who can actually afford your services that you like working with, then you got to show up to my training. Like I, I literally made a video, John, that outlines exactly how to use paid advertisements to get customers for any business in any niche. I don't care if you do product sales, physical products. I don't care if it's B2B. I don't care if it's B2C. Whatever your excuse is, I'm telling you, you are one solid advertisement away from having predictable sales in your business and being able to truly scale and not fail. I want to watch the video right now. You know what it's called? 
watchbillysvideo.com. <laughs> watchbillysvideo.com. Fire Nation, you heard it from Billy Jean, the genius himself. Watchbillysvideo.com. Wait, John, here's the best part. It's freaking free. And it's free. <laughs> There's nothing. Just literally, I'll send it to you. Like, just I'll text it to you. I'll email it to you, whatever the heck. Just go there and watch the video and just tell me it's not helpful. Love it. Watchbillysvideo.com. So Rebecca, we're back and we've been talking a lot about SEO. You know, this is the audio masterclass of rocking the world of SEO. So it makes a lot of sense. But where I want to kind of go next is where SEO and traditional marketing meet. How can we merge those two? So I love SEO because it amplifies traditional marketing, right? Whatever you're doing in traditional marketing, you can bring into the world of SEO and they can complement each other. You know, traditional marketing is about, you know, finding your target market, reaching them and serving them, you know, and bringing them into revenue. SEO supports that in all, you know, shapes and manners and, and they blend together. And, you know, when you come to things like link building, right, that people talk about and, and get, getting those backlinks and they want to do all of these quick fixes and, you know, just shortcuts, right? And my answer to that always is, you know, the best link building techniques you can do is traditional marketing because they, you know, you're you're trying to do good. You're trying to service people. You're doing outreach in a national or in a natural manner. And, and they, they go really closely together. Um, And, you know, it's old fashioned PR. And, and when people start to view SEO as less as a gimmick, you know, that they've been taught or a or a quick, easy button that they can hire somebody out and have them push and start blending in with traditional marketing, it really, it all complements each other and it becomes cohesive. And and that's why I do love it. And that's why I think that to really be successful at SEO, you know, along with those questions, you have to see how it kind of fits into your traditional marketing plan because they do have to complement each other. The problem, Fire Nation, is most people are either all one way or all the other way. And the best companies out there find a way to blend the two. You know, some companies are just all traditional marketing. That's all they know. That's all they do. Some companies are just all SEO. Like they're just all like this new wave. What's the most latest cutting, you know, cutting edge, new trend, whatever it might be. If you can blend those two, you're going to win on the next level because so few people do that successfully. So how can you do that? How can you blend the new and the traditional? So let's talk specifics now, Rebecca, about using link building to grow your SEO and your personal brand. So I want to grow my personal brands. I want to grow my SEO. How do I use link building to do that? So first and foremost, you have to have good content and, you know, and a decent website and a, and a good basis, a good foundation, you know, to, to, I always like relate SEO to building a house, you know, that keyword research and that strategy and that planning that you're doing is you're creating that foundation. Then you start, you know, building up the house and, you know, putting the, the walls and the windows and maybe the wallpaper in it. And that's like your content. Now you got to start bringing people in to see it. And, you know, maybe you're selling your house and you're listing it. That's that link building is bringing those people in. Uh, you know, link building has, has been around for a long time. And, you know, some people will say link building is dead. Unfortunately, it is still in existence. Google still relies on it, right? It needs the, those incoming links to the various pieces of content on your website to understand what's important. 
you know, to really know that somebody other than your mom or your dog is <laughs> is visiting your website and your blog and, it, you know, they care about what you're producing. And links help them figure that out. But in come bringing that back to that traditional marketing, link building is a matter of putting yourself out there. And the best way to do it is by, you know, using your personal brand, you know, to garnish those links. You know, for me, I, I joke that I'm a podcast tour because I'll say I'll go on anyone's podcast because it brings me back a link. You know, it's a natural backlink that is it's, it's, you know, I freely give of my time and my education, but in turn, I'm getting that backlink back to my site, which is helping my SEO. I speak at conferences, you know, I do free webinars for people. There's a lot of little things that I do that are that traditional marketing and that put my personal self out there that bring back those links. And the more links that Google sees coming back to my website and those individual pieces of content, the more it's going to reward me with good SEO. And you had made the comment of writing like a 5,000 word piece of content. That by nature will be very informative and people are gonna wanna link to it, right? And when you get those backlinks coming into that specific post, it boosts that post and it boosts your website as a whole. So, you know, still super important, but again, you have to have that good foundation and that content to make it work. And then you have to just kind of put yourself out there so that you are your brand ambassador. And as that brand ambassador, you know, you can be a, a servant to those around you on the internet and bring naturally those links back into the site. So you mentioned podcasts, you mentioned conferences. What are some other successful strategies to actually get the right links back to your site? And then also, can you talk about the difference between right links and wrong links? Because there are some bad links to get back. I've done um, webinars for people, like educational webinars. I've answered questions. You know, I'm in the WordPress community, and people say that I'm very visible in the WordPress community. So they'll they'll be do, they'll write posts like influencers of WordPress, and will you answer a few questions? And I'm like, sure, I will, because I know I'm going to get a backlink from it. You know, and it's those like answering questions on, um, you know, uh, networks. And I I can't remember if Quora is a do follow or no follow now because everyone's changing it. But, you know, that can produce those backlinks. And even if it isn't a do follow backlink, you're still getting that traffic and Google seeing that traffic. You can add links to your YouTube video descriptions. Those are do follow. Those are backlinks into your website. There's when you open your eyes to those backlink opportunities, they are all around you, which makes it easier for you to get them and keep it safe. And you're not trying to chase people with these crazy requests for linking into your site. Um, Another way to do it is guest blog posts. Um, You know, to adhere to Google's quality guidelines, you can't have keyword rich words within those guest blog posts pointing back to your site. But you can absolutely have a nice, you know, author profile at the bottom of the post that has a do follow link to your website that is completely acceptable. And it's a great way to get backlinks into your site. I do that as well. Uh, You know, so a variety of things. I mean, heck, you could sponsor the Little League team in your town. You know, they, they're going to link naturally into your site and they don't know the difference between do follow or follow. (laughs) So, and if you're your local business, that's great because now you have local references coming into your site. If you're like a, you know, a new chiropractor out there or a new dentist, there's a lot of, um, you know, directory websites for industries that have 
profiles that you can fill out, those are links coming into your site. So lots of different ways that you can do it. It's, you know, it'll vary based on your industry and what type of, you know, brand you're presenting. But the 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 world is full of backlink opportunities and valid ones that won't get you in trouble. Give us a quick rundown on what do follow and no follow links are. So do follow and no follow. Do follow means I would like Google to follow this this link and see this link coming from my site and giving it I'm you know I'm giving it a vote for SEO. No follow is, you know, Google, don't follow this. Don't pass on any SEO value for it. people call it link juice, but I hate that phrase. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's your, when you have a follow link, you're giving your SEO vote to somebody else and Google introduced the no follow so that it could have situations like it's an ad you're being paid for like affiliate links should all be no follow to adhere to Google's quality guidelines. And that's so that you're not exchanging those SEO links for money because that in Google's eyes is a no, no, and it can get you in a lot of trouble. And that's the difference for most people. You don't need to really worry about do follow versus no follow unless you're, um, you know, having paid sponsored posts on your website, affiliate links, paid ads, all of that kind of thing would be set to no follow. What are bad links? Bad links would be coming from really crappy websites, Um, you know, just low quality. Like, for example, you want links that are related to what you do. I am an SEO consultant. We do custom website design. It's you know it's natural for me to get links in from other sites like that. Now, if all of a sudden I start having links coming in from a porn site, Google's going to be like, oh, that's kind of weird. And if it's a really low quality porn site, it's going to go, oh, that's kind of really weird. And that doesn't look right. That looks manipulated. That's a bad link. You know, you don't want that kind of thing, that kind of link coming in. Um, it just it needs to be things that are related to what you do that have decent authority. So, you know, they're a quality site and that's what's going to make Google happy because that looks real. Well, how do you identify that that's happening and how do you get rid of them? A great way to look at, um, you know, the domain authority of websites is um, SEMrush and KW Finder. Both of them show that information. Um, uh, Hrefs also shows that information. You know, those are good tools for getting that type of information. Moz gives information on it as well. There's a lot of tools out there. And they all have like a little bit different um, grading scores for that. But it's okay. It's going to give you a good idea of what's good and bad. Um, Tools like SEMrush, which again is my favorite, you can do backlinks audits in it. So say you've hired a consultant in the past and you're not really sure what they've done. Always good to go look at your backlink profile because SEMrush will grade it for you and say, you know what, we think these ones might be toxic. You might want to investigate them and make them go away. How do you make them go away? uh, You can actually reach out to the websites and say, here's this, you're linking to me from this URL, please take it down. You know, worst case scenario is you do a disavow file with Google, but that is worst case scenario and Google says it's worst case scenario. Um, you know, it wants you to try to resolve things on your own. But the average person doesn't have toxic links because they've not done anything naughty. It's the ones who have hired somebody that didn't have great um, ethics in the land of SEO. Or if you try to do some black hat stuff on your own, you know, that's where you're going to get in trouble. And that's where you'll have some toxic links. Now, I know disavow links, which you mentioned, is kind of like a point of no return where like once you do a disavowing, like it's gone. But if you know it's coming from like a porn site, like you said, like what's the harm in doing a disavow link? 
there isn't except, you know, for, I always worry when I'm, when I'm requesting Google to do something for me, it's like <laughs> you're giving them eyes on you. And here's a classic example. So, so I think you just redid your website recently. So say you did this complete rebrand of your site and you published a brand new site and it's got a whole new URL structure. Now, up until that point, you may have had toxic links out there and Google never noticed. But once you redo that whole site and you upload everything to Google Search Console and they go to crawl everything and look at you in fresh eyes, that can actually bring you down because you had toxic links out there that you were unaware of. And it was so high that it was it's problematic. And so, you know, that's where you can get yourself in trouble. And if that's the case, then Google will tell you that you've got an issue and you need to do that disavow file to say, you know, yeah, (laughs) there was some hinkiness going on and, (laughs) and please ignore all of these. So we've talked about this a little bit already, but let's really dive into how today's SEO is different from yesterday's. And by yesterday's, you know, we're talking like just a while ago. <laughs> You're trying not to date me in my 15 years. <laughs> so it's changed a lot. Like you were giving the examples of yesteryear where we were hiding white text on white, you know, pages and things. And that was totally it. And all we worried about was backlinks and, you know, we just, it was, we were all really focused on high keyword density. I'm like, so here's, here's things that have changed. First keyword density is kind of dead, right? It doesn't have like the priority that it once did. Instead, Google's really more focused on semantic search. Semantic search is trying to better understand what your content is and how it relates to a user intent. For example, um, so say I search for Apple. Google doesn't really know with just the phrase, the term Apple, if I'm looking for an Apple you eat, am I looking for Apple the company, or am I looking for maybe like an Apple product like a MacBook Pro? But when I start to add things to my search query and Google starts to match that up to available content, it is starting to look at for things in the content that can help understand the content. So if I'm writing about apples you eat, it's going to think that I'm going to have in there things like color, texture, taste right? Things like that will help it understand it's the food product because we really don't eat MacBook Pros. (laughs) But if it's, you know, if if I was, my content was about Apple, the company, that's totally different. I would start talking about stock and store locations, you know, and things like that. Or, you know, the product might be a keyboard, um, you know, monitors and, you know, and, and things, you know, things like that warranty periods. So those Google's really looking at your content as a whole semantically and trying to match that up with the user's query so it can figure out the best search. And when it when it starts to do that, things like density just kind of fall apart and they go away. Um, you know, that is that's been a huge, huge change. Another change has been the focus on technical SEO. Um, you know, I recently did a three-day summit on technical SEO because even though it used to scare the bejeebas out of me, I can't let that happen because it is so important. Google really does need you to have a clean website that's got good performance, that is solid code, that's accessible. You know, all of these things start to go together to make sure that your overall SEO profile is really clean. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, don't freak out. Don't let that scare you like it used to scare me. There are a lot of tools out there that you can use or like you can hire people to do technical audits to make sure that your website is clean. And that's what's important to SEO today because it is a different world. Google's starting to reach people in third world countries that never had access to it before. 
What do they need? Well, they don't have desktops. They have mobile devices with, you know, really crappy speed for, you know, downloading data. They've got data limits. They're on the mobile phone. So what does Google want? It wants mobile-friendly websites that are fast to load, that render well, that have clean code. And that's so Google can serve this new target market of theirs that's now coming online. And, you know, as SEO progresses over the years, you can get frustrated with Google. You can feel like you can't keep up. But if you just always stay focused on what's Google's objectives, right? What does it have to do to serve its target market? And you stay focused on that and serving your own and doing good and producing good through it. You don't get in penalties. You don't get in trouble because you're focused on the right things and you end up being successful in the long term. So what is specifically technical SEO and why is it important in 2018? So technical SEO could be anything from that speed and performance to, um, you know, um, do you have code that's clean and that can render like for a, a, one JavaScript error can stop Google from processing your page and just go away because it can't render it. It can't view the content. Therefore, it can't rank the content, you know, so it's things like that. Um, it's, you know, do you have schema and structured data? If you're a local company and you're serving a local market, local schema with, you know, produced with structured data, very important because what structured data does is when a human goes to a website, for example, what do we see? We see things like fonts and words and colors and headers and images and videos, and we can digest all of that very quickly. Well, the search engines can but structured data helps them better understand the content because it is structured. It's a set type of language that they read and understand. And it helps them understand like that the MGM Grand website is not just a website, it's a hotel website that offers rooms and that has specials for certain dates. And oh, by the way, there's also this entertainment and here's the shows and here's the show times. All of the things that we humans can digest quickly, now the search engines can digest that as well. And structured data is becoming so important and you'll see a lot of notifications coming from Google about it because it's helping Google produce all of those fabulous results that we're coming used to. You know, we do voice search and we expect Google to give us all of these instant answers. And, you know, we, we don't go to a movie website anymore to look at the movie times. We just go to Google and Google gives us a big list. It's using structured data and things like that to be able to produce that. And that's why technical SEO is critical today, and it's going to be even more critical moving forward. Speed, performance, structured, all these things, Fire Nation, you really have to be on the cutting edge if you want to stay on the cutting edge, because it's just things are always going to be changing. And that's exciting, because if things didn't change, then it would just be this, you know, one fight for one flag. But things are always changing. It's giving you that next opportunity to be first to the flag, you know, to, to try a different strategy that might work for you, but always be trying, always be adjusting, pivoting, and learning what's next. So there you have it, Fire Nation. That was the audio masterclass on rocking the world of SEO. And Rebecca, I want to end this interview on fire with you giving us a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you and any goodies you might have for us. And then we'll say goodbye. So my parting piece of guidance is that SEO is a journey. It is not a destination. It's not something you do once and forget it. It's something that you work on over time. But the rewards are long term. The things that you work on today can still be bringing you in value and clients and revenue 15 years from now. And if you go into SEO with that, that viewpoint and that 
that philosophy, you will be successful at it because you will find, you know, more rewards than you even realize could be there. Um, You can find me um, at RebeccaGill.com. And I would love to give you a little bit of goodness of SEO, which you can find at DIYSEOcourses.com slash fire. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with RG and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Rebecca in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop up with all the links that we talked about today, which Rebecca is going to love. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, you name it. We got it all for you. And of course, head directly over to RebeccaGill.com. And Rebecca, one more time, the URL for your course. It is DIYSEOcourses.com slash fire. Rebecca, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with Rebecca today. And if you're ready to accomplish that one big goal, check out the Freedom Journal because you can just follow the steps and the guidance and you'll accomplish that number one goal in just 100 days. So visit thefreedomjournal.com. Use promo code podcast for a nice little discount and thank you for listening to my podcast and I'll catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, what if I told you that you are one solid ad away from having predictable sales in your business and being able to truly scale? You probably ask me how to create that ad. Well, my friend Billy Jean put together a completely free training where he does just that. Learn Billy's proven and repeatable three-step process to generate leads and sales for any product or service. The only thing stopping entrepreneurs from using the same strategy is knowing it exists and learning how the heck to make it work. Visit watchbillysvideo.com to access his free training today. Watchbillysvideo.com.